Well, good afternoon. I'm Emily Beach. I am a Burlingame City Council member. Welcome to Her Time Has Come, a podcast that tells stories of female leaders from different walks of life. I am Willow Taylor, and this is a podcast project for my ninth grade quest project at the Nueva School. Each episode of Her Time Has Come will interview a woman in a position of power from a different field and experience and ask her about her story of getting to the top. Emily Beach and I talked for over an hour at the Burlingame City Library at 4 p.m. As I'd come to realize over the course of our interview, some of the most interesting, most passionate, most effective leaders are at the local level. In particular, Beach, a Burlingame City Council member, has had quite the life experience. I've had a bit of an eclectic career that's brought me here. The Army, tech industry, public services. But despite the wide gamut of work environments, Emily has managed to become a leader wherever she went. She rose to the rank of captain in the military, the president of Burlingame Community Education Foundation, or BCE, and was most recently elected to the Burlingame City Council, where she is currently in the second half of her term. It all started out with ROTC, the Reserve Officer Training Corps, through which she received a collegiate scholarship to Notre Dame and earned her the title of second lieutenant out of college. That's four years of additional classes you take, in college, uh, there's summer boot camp training where you go off to, you know, it's boot camp. <laughs> it's, uh, you know, you learn how to be a soldier. And then there's additional officer leadership training and physical training that happens over those four years. Her time in the military was extensive, with missions in Saudi Arabia, South Korea, and other countries. The values that she learned and used in her tireless military work would apply themselves to her future work as well. I use skills I learned in the military every single day. We talk about leadership training in the Army. Mm -hmm. Anything you ask somebody else to do, you must be not only able and competent to do yourself, but willing to do yourself, leading from the front. Despite the similarities in leadership values, transitioning to civilian life was a bit of a culture shock for her in a couple major ways. As much as I love the company I worked for in the Silicon Valley for the years I was in the tech industry, it didn't feed my soul. But also, Beach experienced a world where respect, when it did exist, manifested itself in very different ways. It was also a hard transition in the sense of, um, I had just come from being a, a captain where, you know, you're, you're kind of indoctrinated in that culture and, you know, people, you know, you're saluted, you're called ma'am or sir, you, you treat other people that same way, and the civilian world is a very different I remember going to a bank because I, um, Duff and I had just uh, been married, and I decided to change my name and changing my name on the the checking account. So Duff and I were going to have a joint checking account, and this woman at the bank, as we were sitting there, talked completely to my husband. Didn't even really look at me. This is this is the first time anything like that had happened to me. It was it was like the whole conversation. It was like I wasn't there. And, this, and it was a woman that was sitting across, talking to my husband about, well, she can join your account and you can sign this here. And I remember thinking, I just came from being Captain Lord and you are not even treating me like a, uh, you know, an individual yeah. here. That was a hard 
that was a, a moment where I really, that really bothered me. And I remember talking about it with friends. Mm-hmm. Honestly, in the military, and my experience is probably different than many other people's, because you hear a lot about things like sexual harassment in the military, uh, because, you know, women are outnumbered. Uh, but honestly, I felt along the way, I got really lucky. I never had um, anything but wonderful men along the way. Speaking of gender in the Army, I asked Beach what she thought of Trump's infamous transgender ban. I think that the military is an organization that tends to uh, reflect social change. It usually reflects what's going on in the country. I think we should have people of all all genders. We should be able to serve. If you are able to fulfill the duty, you should be able to serve the country. The arc of history leans towards liberty and equality and justice. And the sooner America gets to those values in all our institutions, the better for everybody. Do you consider yourself a feminist? Sure, I do, but I don't, um, that wouldn't be the first term I'd use to describe me. When I think of feminists, I, I, I think of people who want equality for women and for women to have a seat at the table and for women to be able to do whatever they want to do. And I couldn't support those views more. I mean, that's essential. Equality for everybody. That's what this country is all about. That's, that's the world we need to work towards. But of misandry or the hatred of men, she had other ideas. That is so counterproductive. You know, we bring different, we just bring different life experiences. There is no way I could bench press as much as my husband. I can probably have more pain tolerance. I've birthed two children to prove that. But <laughs> as strongly as I believe women should have seats at the table and be leaders, um, I believe men should too. I just think there should be more uh, equal representation. Aiming towards parity, towards 50-50, is the healthiest thing we can, we can have for society. It's the healthiest thing for um, our communities. After working in the private sector, Beach turned to her local community for the sense of being part of something bigger. And she found it in the Burlingame Community Education Foundation, a fundraising organization for the Burlingame School District in California. However, there were some differences that she wasn't used to. The gender balance flipped there really for the first time in my life, um, in my professional sort of life, where I worked with far more women than men. However, when I asked about the differences in leading majority women and majority men, she said she didn't think of it that way. I don't think I look at it real differently. Mm-hmm. What I think is, I think women leaders approach leadership sometimes a little differently. First of all, we bring a different life experience. We just view the world differently, not better, but differently because we're a different gender. Our psychology is different, our hormones are different, we're just different. So, But I think we listen really, uh, really pretty well. I think that's a strength that a lot of women have. And I think 
women in general um, also have a heightened, I think we're really paying attention to relationships too. Not that, not that men don't. I know as a leader, I care a lot about relationship building and, uh, you know, sometimes I do it better than others, but getting to know people, trying to understand people where they're coming from. And I think that builds stronger teams in some ways or different kinds of teams. And I think women sort of um, break down some of those barriers a little bit uh, differently than men do. After BCE, Beach found that she wanted to keep doing things that helped the greater community and satisfied her need to be a part of something bigger. So she ran and was elected to the Burlingame City Council. But that wasn't her only political venture. After the election of President Trump, um, I think many of us um, who had felt concerns about that wanted to do something and feel part of some community. And there's some amazing um, marches, certainly throughout the Bay Area. But I, there was something calling me that I, I needed to be in D.C. that weekend. I have never done any kind of a protest march or any kind of, um, you know, I feel, consider myself a political person, but I haven't done something like that before. And there were a number of my girlfriends and I who were emailing as soon as we heard that there was a march being organized the day after inaug the inauguration, talked about, you know, are you going to go? And I just said, I, I, you know, I, I looked at Duff, my husband, I said, I want to go, he said, book the ticket. And when I knew that he could cover the kids and we were good to go, I said, I'm going. And a number of my friends who wanted to go just couldn't pull it off. But I went, um, I got on a plane without any best friends who were going. I knew some other people that were going to be there. Quite frankly, I didn't have a plan to link up with anybody. Um, my aunt and uncle, I'm very lucky, live on the metro line, so I had a place to stay. Um, but I just needed to be there. And um, it, was, it was a really sort of an existential kind of experience. It was just really, um, really powerful. I, you know, I, I was so busy leading up to that, you know, but I, I didn't really have that much time to prep. I, people came with signs, anything. I bought some markers and stuff um, and made my sign at CVS that, that, uh, that day. But I was in the airport and I noticed, gosh, there's a lot of women on this flight. And there were lots of little pink hats, you know, with the little <laughs> ears. The... And uh, we were all kind of looking around and there was the spirit of, I don't know, there was just this energy that was unmistakable. And there were women with their children, with their daughters. There were older women, younger women, lots in hot pink. I didn't have anything pink on. And you could just tell we were all going to DC for the same reason. And a couple of us started talking and then more of us started talking and it got a little, it almost felt like a tailgate party at a rock concert. <laughs> and within 20 minutes, we all decided to take a picture at the gate at SFO, and there were probably 60 women who had never met each other before in their lives. We all gathered around for a picture, and we got somebody to take this picture of us outside the gate. 
you know, many of whom were in pink, young, old, every different color, gender, you know, you, you name it. But it was all these women going to D.C. And I treasure that picture. It was one of my favorite mementos of that weekend. And, uh, you know, people just were cheering and we got on the flight and it was, it was boisterous on the flight and then everybody behaved. And we, we, um, the plane touched down around midnight in D.C. And the march started like, Everybody wanted to get there at 8, or 8 a.m. the next morning. In fact, Congresswoman Spear hosted an event for her constituents, which I wanted to go. I think that was at like maybe 9 in the morning. And so it was going to be a long night. But as the plane touched down in D.C. at midnight, the wheels hit and there erupted this huge cheer from the <laughs> flight. All the women were cheering. And it was, uh, it was really like a sisterhood. When I asked if she were to write a book, what she would call it and who she would dedicate it to, she was unsure of the title, but knew the latter. I feel like I have role models in our country's history that I just think are amazing too. But if I had to pick someone to dedicate it to, it would probably be my dad. Uh, he, he's a, a great leader uh, he's been a great leader in the business world. He's a great human being. He was in the military himself. It's probably why I, I mean, just for two years, but it's probably why I even applied for an ROTC scholarship. He's been a, uh, and he leads in a, in a gentle way, never uh, imposing his viewpoints to tell people how to live their life, but always asking very thoughtful questions where you kind of, your answers reveal themselves. Finally, Beach had some parting advice for young women. I hope that maybe there's some nugget in there that, uh, if, if nothing else, maybe inspire some other young women who are listening to this to uh, experience life to the fullest, whatever that means for you, and then use your, your gifts and your talents and your passion to make the world a little bit better place. Make your little piece of the pie a little bit better than it was before you got there. Thank you to Emily Beach for being an absolutely wonderful guest this episode. Special thanks to the Burlingame City Library for their space. Thank you to my mentors, Vicki Trey and Ashley Westerman, for their help with the production. Thank you to Squarespace for hosting my website, hertimehascome.com. Special thanks to Ofi Safe for everything, my dog Snowy for emotional support during late night editing, and the Nueva School for letting me use their equipment, space, 
and the freedom they allowed me to pursue my passions.